0: As it's going worldwide <laughs> Let's start with a word of prayer and We'll see where God takes us Our Heavenly Father, Lord I just want to thank you for this morning Lord, I want to thank you for the things That you're going to show us today Lord, help us to seek you In Jesus' name, Amen I was reading this week In John And I came across Jesus' first miracle John chapter 2 so we're going to be in John chapter 2, and we're going to do a few things different this morning. I'm going to read all the verses before we start. Usually I uh, go verse, but I'm going to read all the verses, because this is a story, and then we'll see where God takes us. So John chapter 2, starting in verse 1, and the third day was a marriage in Canaan of Galilee. And the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said unto him, They have no wine. Jesus said unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. His mother said unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. And there was set there six water pots of stone, after the manner of purifying of the Jews, containing two or three farklings apiece. Jesus said unto them, Fill the water pots with water, and they filled him up to the brim. And he said unto them, Draw out now and bear it to the governor of the feast, and they bear it. And when the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, it knew not whence it came, whence it was, but the servants did, which drew out the water knew. The governor of the feast called the bridegroom <laughs> and said unto him, Every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine. And when the men are well drunk, then the, that, that which is is worse, but thou hast kept the good wine until now. This the beginning of miracles did Jesus of, of Canaan of Galilee, in Canaan of Galilee, and manifested from his glory <clears throat> And his disciples believed on him. Question that I asked myself, why was Jesus's first miracle done in Galilee at a wedding? So I got real curious about weddings in Galilee. So be ready. You're going to hear all kinds of things today. But here's one of the things I know. All of Jesus' disciples came out of Galilee, except for Judas Iscariot. Jesus' ministry, most of his ministry, was done in Galilee and in that area. So if we're going to understand the gospel, we have to understand a little bit about Jesus being a Galilean. It's kind of like if we wrote a book about Texas, it would be better if you knew grew up in Texas so you could understand the book. So I'm gonna give you some information dealing with why I think his first miracle took place at a wedding. Here's what happened, here's what would happen. The bride and, the bride and groom-to-be would announce their betrothal that they're gonna get engaged. <clears throat> And they would announce it and the whole town would turn out. Can't wait to see what's going to happen. The groom's father would read a covenant. And the covenant would go something like this. This is my son. I'm very proud of him. And here's what he's going to provide for the bride. And this is the bride's part and what she's going to do in the marriage. Okay, now before we go much further, does that sound familiar to the gospel? That God would say, this is my beloved son and who I am well pleased. And if you're going to be my son's bride, this is what I'm going to require of you. Does does that sound semi-familiar? Okay. So the father-in-law, or the father of the groom would read the covenant. Now the whole town Everybody in town is there because this is a big deal. Okay? So he reads the covenant. Everybody's going, Amen! Yeah! Yeah! Macro, wash, dishes, whatever. Okay? So he reads the covenant. When he gets through, the groom takes a bottle of wine and he pours a cup. And very daily... He hands the cup to his bride-to-be. Okay? Only in Galilee, only in in that country out of the Middle East can the bride return the cup and not accept the marriage proposal. (coughs) Okay? So here's the groom. He's worried. He's upset. He hopes the bride accepts the cup. He hands her the cup. It's called the cup of joy. She takes the cup and she can hand it back and not accept it. Does that sound kind of like God's offering us in the gospel? Jesus says, I'm offering myself and we can accept him or what? Reject him. The whole town is watching to see what she'll do. Will she take the cup? Will she drink of the cup? Will she commit herself to the covenant? That the father-in-law read. Everybody holds their breath and she takes the cup. In our story today, she takes the cup and she drinks from it, accepting the covenant. Then she hands it back to her future husband. And he says, This he takes a drink and he says, I will not partake, I will not partake of this cup again until you are in my Father's house. Well, isn't that what Jesus said with his disciples? I'm not going to drink of this cup again until you're in my Father's house. Are you starting to see that if we understand the wedding in Galilee, we can understand more of the gospel? Okay? Now, everybody's excited. He's given money, you know, he, he offers a dowry. The dowry was interesting. The dowry was there, if, just in case something happened to him, she still had money to take care of herself if something happened to him. Because what happens after they swap the cup, they're not going to see each other for a year. Okay? They're going to go, their separate ways for at least a year, maybe longer, maybe a few days shorter. We'll get to that here in a minute. And during that time that they're separated, the groom has to go home and build his bride a house fastened to his dad's house. He says, I've got to go and build a house on my dad's house for us. He goes and he he buys the right lumber, and he buys the right stuff, and he builds a house attached to his dad's house. He looks for the right dishes. He looks for everything that he thinks the bride will appreciate when she gets there. The bride, on the other hand, has a lot of things she has to do. She has to get ready for the wedding. She's got to get make sure that she, she either weaves the cloth or buys the cloth She's got to make a gown. She's got to make sure her bridesmaids are all decked out. They've got to make sure that they're all ready when the groom comes. Interesting thing. Very interesting thing about this is the groom nor the bride know when that day is going to be. Who decides when the groom goes gets the bride is the father, the groom's father. The groom doesn't know. Oh, wait a minute. That sounds like scripture, doesn't it? I go and I prepare a place for you. When I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. No man knows the day nor the hour, not even the Son of God. Are are y'all kind of catching on to this wedding (laughs) type thing here? So the groom goes and he fixes the house and he gets it all ready. And he's got all the stuff lined up for the feast. It's all sitting there and he's got it all lined up for the feast. When his bride comes, they're going to have a feast. But guess what? He doesn't know the day or the hour. The bride, on the other hand, she doesn't know the day or the hour. She's got to be ready in a moment's notice and be all dressed and all decked out and and waiting for the groom to come. So she gets all decked up, gets her bridesmaid all dressed up. And then they sit and they wait and they watch. When's it going to happen? Don't know. Could it be today? Don't know. Didn't happen yesterday. Can you see the anticipation of the bride? Waiting, waiting, waiting. Oh, it's got to happen sometime soon. What about the anticipation of the groom? Here's a groom waiting for his bride. Waiting for the day that they can be joined together. Waiting for the opportunity to go and get her. He asks the father, and the father says, Not yet. It's not time yet. He, he's sitting there with great anticipation because he's going to go get his bride, and it's not what? Time yet. Can you imagine the anticipation being built between both of these people? And it all depends upon what the father says. Father looks at everything. He looks at the extension to his house, looks at the furniture, looks at the silverware, the whatever the dining room set. looks at all the preparations for the feast. He makes sure that the calf is all ready. He makes sure the wine is all ready. The groomsmen are all ready. Everything is in place. And he says, not yet. Not yet, son. You're not ready to be married yet. Not yet. So the just sits there and he waits. He he, he wants so bad to go and get his bride. He's waiting with great anticipation of going and getting her. Goes to sleep, wondering when. About 12 o'clock. His father comes in there and says, son, it's time. Go get your bride. Go get her. The sun jumps up and blows the shofar, blows the trumpet, blows the sound of joy and victory. The shofar makes four sounds. Y'all didn't know that, did you? It makes a sound of joy and victory, it makes a sound like someone is crying, it makes a sound like a whole bunch of broken notes and then makes one long blast for victory give y'all some so he picks up the safar and he blows it and all the groomsmen get together and they know they better get their calf ready because he's going to go get his bride they leave the groom's house and they go through the city streets blowing the trumpets everybody's been invited. Everybody's excited. Everybody's glad to hear the trumpets. They all run toward the bride's house. They get there and they see the bridesmaid standing in line and the bride in the middle. Everybody's excited because the bride is ready. All the bridesmaids are ready. Then they bring a lyre for her. It's basically a a chair with no legs, and it has two poles on it. They have her sit on it, and they pick her up, and they fly her. It's actually the word. They fly her to the groom's house. Isn't that incredible? (laughs) Isn't that incredible that we're going to be flown to the groom's house? We're not going to have to walk. He's going to fly us to his house. Everybody gets excited. Everybody starts going to where the party is. They open the doors. And they come in and they start celebrating for seven days. Here's here's an interesting thing. After all the guests are in, the doors are closed and nobody else can come in. Nobody else can go out for seven days. The feast has started. Okay? The celebration is going on. The meal has been prepared. But they can't come out for what? Seven days. Now, I really believe that the rapture is going to happen before the tribulation. There's seven days in the wedding feast. There's seven years in the tribulation. That's where our base this off of. Okay, seven days of the wedding feast seven, day, seven years of the tribulation Jesus is going to come back and he's coming back for his bride he's looking with great anticipation of seeing his bride and bringing her home we are the bride we ought to be excited with great anticipation of going to the groom's house of going to his father's house, knowing that Jesus has prepared a room in his father's house just for us. Interesting story, isn't it? I thought y'all would enjoy the story of the wedding. Now, let me give you some things to think about. Okay? Okay remember Jesus, they brought the wine and the governor said that it was best they saved the best for last in our Christian walk God is saving the best for the last but believe it or not Christian life is cool it's it's fun being a Christian here on earth it is wonderful being a Christian here on earth but the best will happen when we get to heaven the best will happen for the rest of our life the the best is yet to come the the, the best is being prepared for us the the best is in, in the future it's good now oh it's good to walk in the peace and the love of God to walk in his grace and mercy to experience what he has in store for us But the best is yet to come. Then the last verse. This beginning of miracles did Jesus of Canaan of Galilee and manifest from his glory and his disciples believed on him. They believed on him because he was teaching them out of the traditions of being a Galilean. How many times did Jesus use the wedding in his illustrations? I go to prepare a place for you. If I go, I'll come again. You are the bride. I am the groom. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Think of all the times. Think of the Lord's Supper where Jesus is saying, Take this, my body take this my cup and I'm not going to drink of this cup again until you come to my father's house. And then he's coming back. We know he's coming back. He's coming back for the church. He's coming back for his bride. We know it's going to happen. The groom always came back for the bride. But he couldn't come back until the father said, all right, go get her. Blow the trumpets. Make the sound. Go get her. That trumpet will sound and Jesus will come back. I hope you all have enjoyed the Gallerian marriage and maybe a little bit of understanding of why Jesus started his ministry in Galilee, and he started it at a wedding. It took me it took me all week to put all this together. I'm sorry, but I, I had to go and chase some things down, okay? But isn't it incredible that she can say no, she can reject the offer, she can say yes and become the bride-to-be. It's the same thing in Christ. It's it played out exactly like Jesus and his ministry. I Father, Lord, I just want to thank you for this morning. Lord, I want to thank you for the illustration of the Galilean marriage and the proposal Lord, I thank you for teaching me and showing me some things that I hadn't seen before in scripture. In Jesus' name, amen.